now we got ludicrous southern hospitality right here on the weekend golly gee grandpa i want to listen to rap i guess that's it feels weird to sign off for the last time it's been a good run man yeah you're right bj yeah, just thinking about next week. What do you think about scrapping Stump the Guru to add a new segment? I'm um, not sure you're getting it, man. It's, it's done. The weekend is finished. What do you mean, finished? Ugh. Hey, Marco, you missed our show prep last week. Are you ready to break out Mad Mad Marco's bad, bad stock advice for the next show? PJ, look around. Look what you're wearing. Graduation, man. High school is over. The show is over. It's time to move on. See, that's a no. Do you mind if I graduate now? A little. Mark L. This is Marco. Team Weekend! How did you get this number? Answer my question first. You didn't ask a question. This is my work phone. I'm at work. I don't care about whatever you're doing. I'm hanging up on you. You have a job? That's cool. I mean, I never really got one of those per se. PJ, is that you? Hello, friend. Wow, I never thought I'd see you at a taco shop. You've changed. Yeah. A man can change if you give him enough time. Me, I eat tacos now. What's the change in you? Well, funny you should say that. I've gained some thought recently, and... I thought it'd be fun to, you know, uh, do a reunion show? Perfect. Here's the deal. It's 2017 podcasts are the new radio. We'll call it The Weekend Podcast Edition. Wow, that's great. No hard feelings? Yeah, yeah, no time for feelings. We've got a show to make. I've got new storyboards, new segments all laid out. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute. Have you been camping out in this taco shop on the off chance that I would come in just to pitch me this idea? I didn't not do that. Really? That's awesome. Man, I used to find your persistence annoying and kind of creepy, but now it's, it's admirable. I'm in. Let's go make a radio pod. It's called a podcast, Marco. It's origin derived from Whatever, the- man. Don't make me change my mind. Hit it. Ten years in the making. Team Weekend is back. A lot of things have changed since our debut on local radio. Did somebody say podcast? No. Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. But no matter how much things change, one question remains. You want a piece of my heart? 
What did you say? You gotta start from the start. You're speaking nonsense. You wanna be in the show? I am in the show. I'm a co-host. Come on, baby. Let's go. Baby? Who are you calling baby right now? Wait, wait. Have we just been quoting Loverboy's working for the weekend this whole time? No. Everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah. It's time for the weekend. Everyone's watching. That's right, we're back. Team Weekend is back on the air. Guess who's back? Back again. Weekend's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? It's Marco Eminem Meyerson here with my man PJ, the DJ Washer. That's right. Coming at you not live anymore. This is uh, this is gonna be a little different than it used to be for us, Marco. Yeah, it's like the Olympics. It's tape delay. <laughs> Somehow that is still a thing, and uh, so it is for us too. But there are some perks to how we're doing it now. Um, in case you're not familiar with us, that's Marco. I'm PJ, and we make up the weekend, um, which originated from a high school radio show we both used to do ten years ago. Show went off the air in 2006 from 88.1 WBFH out in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. And uh, since then, we've kind of gone off with our own lives here, Marco. And we're ready to bring this back and kind of have some fun again 10 years later. But this time, we're doing it in a podcast. Yeah, podcast, like PJ said, is not the radio. So if you're in your car and you, you're looking for us you know, on the radio, you won't find us, which is sad. But if you know where to look... You will find us. It's a podcast. You can download it, listen to it at your convenience. We'll be putting shows out about once a month. And that is the thing, too. Uh, you know, we're older, we're grown, we have jobs now, but we're still trying to, you know, have fun out there and give uh, give the people what they want to listen to. So every month we'll have, you know, some segments, you know, some laughs, some cries. Uh, about 50-50 on laughs and cries. It's, it's a very emotional show. It, you know... We've been through a lot, Marco. Be emotional. Um, and hopefully they're laughing with us and not at us. But you know what? A laugh is a laugh, and I'm not above it no matter what. That's, um, that's true. And hopefully they're crying with us and not at us. Because crying <laughs> at someone is weird, and I don't fully understand it. No, that, especially in podcast form. Um <laughs> But, I, you know, some of the big differences also that you're going to find on the podcast here is, um, you know, obviously we're not live anymore. We're going to be recorded. So that means you can find us at your convenience. I think we're going to be in a couple different mediums. We're still figuring that out as we recreate these podcasts. But I know for sure you're going to find us on iTunes. You'll probably also find us in SoundCloud um, for our non-iPhone users. But uh, there will probably be a couple other places, and we'll let you know as we figure that all out. But, you know, one of the other big differences, Marco, is, you know, now that we're not on a radio show anymore, the show's going to kind of have to change a bit. Um, you know, for us right now, we're planning to strip out all the music. And for us, that's going to be a little weird because that was part of us, you know, that we had the ability to kind of, when we ran out of jokes, push it to some music. So somehow now we've just got to keep being funny. 80% of our radio show is music. We were a music-based show. So this is certainly bold new territory. 
But we will have kind of offline music, so to say. We will try to put together a playlist every month. Um, just because, you know, PJ still keeps up the music a lot. I do as well. I and mean, we still have our different tastes. And that, that is kind of what the beauty of the original show. Um, you know, we, we're going to touch on a lot of the same stuff. PJ still really into sports. I watch sports. Uh, you know, current events. You know, things are still going on. And then, you know, some, some old classics we'll bring back. You know, which we won't spoil. But you guys stay tuned for that. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to find there's going to be some brand new segments in this podcast, and that's going to be a lot of this show is just different parts, and we're going to have different themes to these podcasts, but hopefully we'll also bring back some of the old school things that it really made our show what it was back when it originated, because can't forget the past completely. That Those were special times for us, and we had a lot of fun with that, and I think there's some fun we can still have with it. Um, but I think one of the big things, Marco, when you were talking about music is this is going to be an interactive podcast. Marco and I I think it's, you know, it's true. We, we have different tastes, and we want to kind of have that contrasting style. So we're going to have playlists out there to share, and we'll get more into that when we get towards that segment, but where we'll be able to share our different tastes in music, and you guys will be able to listen to that offline, and you can let us know what else you guys like to listen to because we're always looking for new music and different music to listen to. But we're also going to be available to chat and you know hear different requests about what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and uh, we'll be able to reach us out on Twitter and Facebook, too, on the podcast. So a lot of different ways you can reach us, and we hopefully will kind of be interactive even though we're no longer on the air and you can't call us anymore. <laughs> it's a fun way to close that up. <laughs> Still for the people. We're not doing this for ourselves. We kind of are, but not really. <laughs> and you know what, Marco? I think you know what these people really want since we are definitely 1,000% not just about ourselves. I think... You know, the fact that we have been off the air for 10 years, maybe we should talk about ourselves and kick it off to that first segment. So, 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 what's new? So, 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 what's new? That's right, Marco. We're getting ready for our first segment, and it's called So What's New? It's been almost, actually, over 10 years since we recorded our last show on the airwaves, and a lot has happened since then. That's right, and to help our listeners out, we decided we'll pick the top story from every year just to help catch up to speed and show how much time has really progressed since that last show to present day. A lot of great memories have been made since then, and I figured... We might as well kind of let everybody kind of remember all those great times we've had since then outside of the show. Um, And, you know, to get that started, we might as well, you know, mention, you know, so we finished the show in 2006, and uh, we'll kick it off here with the year 2007. It was a great year for some people, but for a lot of us, actually, it wasn't great because that was the beginning of the mortgage crisis um, when we started to begin that financial bankruptcy crisis with Bear Stearns (laughs) And uh, almost every other bank that was about ready to fail at that point. And the whole famous phrase, too big to fail, was about to get started. Right. So that's an important distinction that it's the beginning. So I think a lot of people may not have been affected yet or may not have known. But as we look back in history, that we could pinpoint that was the year it all went down. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, when they think of this uh, financial crisis, they think of it as 2008 predominantly. And that certainly was where we saw the worst signs of it. But the beginning of all that, that spark plug that it all happened was actually happening in 2007. 
Um, you know, especially I think a lot of people, they were traumatized. Uh, you know, the weekend had ended in 2006 and there was just a lot of negativity in the air. And I think that, you know, may have kind of set this whole thing in motion into 2007. And, you know, I may be biased as a co-host, but I think you're absolutely right on that. So very important to recognize 2007. That's the start of the year. 2008, that story, a little more positive news. Soldier Boy releases Ya Trick Ya, and it takes over the airwaves. A classic rap song from Soldier Boy. You know, Marco, not my top memory from 2008. Well, as we discussed before the show, we would alternate years, and I would take all even years. And that's the biggest story that I could find. This brings me back, just because I'm trying to even remember Soldier Boy. Um, other than his famous song, which, that was not it, was it? Was that his top hit? That was not his top hit. Um, his top hit would be Crank That, and it was featured in the show Entourage. Um, it really helped it blow up, and then it kind of helped his career. Um, but Soldier Boy was not a one-trick, one-hit wonder, I should say. And Ya Trick Ya really helped show that he was here to stay, at least in the year 2008. And, you know, he's gone on since then to, you know, rival, you know, the Hall of Fame rappers that we all know from Jay-Z to Dr. Dre. Um, you know, I think Soldier Boy is probably on that pedestal at this point. Yeah. Um, just to remind the listeners at home that PJ's views do not reflect full Team Weekend or its affiliates. <laughs> <laughs> so to uh, slide out of that one and into the year 2009... I think a lot of us will remember that for Tiger Woods' infamous car accident that had a golf club thrown at the windshield, uh, which also since then he has not won a golf major. But it was also, uh, for many people, the start of the H1N1 swine flu epidemic. Uh, I can remember that one finally since I did come down with a swine flu uh, in 2009. So I can personally account to it having happened. Um, I have two questions. One, the accident with Tiger Woods, it wasn't like a car accident. It was his then-wife attacking his car. Correct. And then two, we're supposed to pick one story per year. So I know you have two really good candidates. And trust me, there's a lot of great 2008 stories, and I had to pick one. So if you had to pick one for 2009, Tiger Woods or Swine Flu? You're telling me you had multiple choices and you went with Soja Boy? Yeah, so what I did was I went uh, to my Facebook account and looked through the history. And based on the post that I had in 2008, the hands-down winner was Soja Boy's Ya Trick Ya. So it's a pretty scientific way to figure out the biggest story of the year. <laughs> See, that makes it easy on you. I had to go through all the newspaper headlines to find these top stories that really i thought left a mark on all of us well and maybe it's good to have two different methods um to really paint a complete picture um but given given all that tiger woods or swine flu pj you got to pick one just to be fair to be fair i'll go with tiger woods that that was quite a memory in 2009 all right marco what do you got for 2010 all right 2010 so again my method was going through my facebook to figure out the biggest story of the year so for 2010, the biggest story was I bought a cassette tape called Rappin' the Facts Dinosaur Edition at a garage sale. So the biggest thing that happened that year. 
I'm not sure the rest of the listeners are going to remember that memory. That's a good point because that was, you know, seven years ago. So just to recap, I go to a lot of garage sales and one garage sale, I believe in Michigan, I found a cassette tape, which I still get to use because my car still plays cassettes. So it's a win for me. And it was free, which also helps make it the biggest store of the year. The The cassette was called Rap in the Facts Dinosaur Division. And it's a tape that's about, you know, a woman narrates, or should I say raps, about division and uses dinosaurs as part of the story problems. Okay, I got two questions here. Yeah, shoot. One, and maybe the other one won't matter after this one. Do you still drive that same car? Yes. So your car still has the cassette player. Second question, now that that was a yes, uh, is that tape, in fact, still in the car right now and ready to be played? So that's a two-part question. To answer the first part, yes, the tape is still in the car. Is it ready to be played? No, it is currently in the trunk of my car, but can be accessed upon request. So definitely in the car all the time in 2010, though. That was the story of the year. And you finally learned your fractions and decided it was time to move on to uh, timetables. Well, actually, this really covers, yeah, times and division. So that's a good point that you brought up. So both things. And there's two sides of the tape as well. So That was quite the year, Marco. But, you know, in 2011, things took a darker turn for some. Or 2011, excuse me. 2011 was actually the year of the Japan tsunami. It was also the beginning of the Arab Spring. So I guess one one dark and one kind of a middle mark there. Yeah, uh, yeah, very interesting stories. Um, so really glad that you did all the research with the newspapers and everything. But and you know this may not be an easy decision, but you're gonna have to pick one, PJ. Really? Uh <laughs> If it helps, you don't have to justify your answer. Yeah, that does help. I guess I will go with the. Arab Spring, because we're definitely still uh, talking about that one today. Not that we're not talking about J- Japan tsunami, but you know that was a come and go. Yeah, and way to justify it, even though you didn't have to. Good job. So, 2012. Oh, are you got anything more on that? No, I was about to ask you what happened in 2012, Marco. We were we're, we're at six years here. This is about the halfway mark, right, of uh, our time off the air. Right. So. Uh, you know, the world has kind of settled down to realize there is no more weekend. And just when things got quiet, Rutgers joins the Big Ten. Well, that is definitely newsworthy on some level. It just was, you know, of all the stories we've talked about today, for me personally, that might have been the most depressing. And that does speak volumes about PJ as a person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to regret publishing this later, but <laughs> um, I yeah, that really made me angry at the time and still makes me angry to this day. I still can't believe, have, having considered how long ago that story took place, that Rutgers is still actually, in fact, in the Big Ten. And you know what? Many years have passed, and Rutgers is now a very valued member of the conference. I, you know, is that another story later on here in your years? Because I'm going to tell you, that might not be accurate. Okay, well, you know, again, you think Soldier Boy is one of the top three rappers of all time. I really appreciate <laughs> Rutgers being in the Big Ten and really bringing in that New York market. So agree to disagree on this one. So, Thank you, Jim Delaney, for that one. Uh, 
So that was 2012, uh, moving into 2013. Another great story. Not really, actually. Uh, 2013 was the year of the Boston Marathon bombing. Uh, it was also the year of the Edward Snowden leaks. Hmm. Again, noticing a trend of two stories, which is interesting. Yeah, you know, we did agree. I did a lot pick... of research here, Marco. Yeah. Well, hey, I did research too. Do you think it was easy going through all my Facebook posts for ten years? <laughs> <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. But now I've got these two stories written down here. I I'd feel weird not reading the other one. It happened. I wanted to read it. Yeah. Also, it's just mirrored did really pivotal and sad things happen only on odd years in these our past history. <laughs> we did just talk about Rutgers, Marco. Ah, ah, touche. Okay, but back to back to the real thing. You got to pick one. Again, two two great choices, and I commend you on having two choices, but I also do not commend you on failing to pick one. So you got to pick one. <laughs> All right, I'll go with Boston Marathon bombing, and I won't even give you a reason this time. Okay. Speaks for itself. Thank you for making the hard decision. Moving on, 2014, almost at present day. Now, I have brought up a lot of music stories, you know, thus far. And here, the story of the year was musical again. This one happened at the very end of the year. Uh, a big rap album that changed the landscape of music. Yeah, I'm talking about Creezus, the Yeezus parody album with Christmas themes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Marco. I mean, I go on a Facebook a decent amount. I have never heard of this album. Well, again, I I only had time to research my Facebook account and not yours. But people definitely hit me up on this album. It is a track-by-track parody with all the same beats from Kanye West's album Yeezus, but replacing it with Christmas-themed content. Uh, Very well done. And... If it's still up, uh, you could search it on SoundCloud for those interested. Uh, a great laugh and a little bit of holiday spirit. Yeezus is, in fact, my favorite of all of Kanye West's albums. Um, I'm not sure that's the popular pick, but I love that one. So I, I, I have to imagine I would love Creezus. Is it? I mean, this is not a Weird Al album. This is just another variation of that. Uh, I, I don't actually know who the artist is, but... Uh, it is not Weird Al. Um, Weird Al Caliber, though, thus the story of 2014. I have one question. Sure. Uh, since we uh, we still have this mystery, is this, in fact, the cassette that is in your car right now? No, no. I wish it was, though, um, because right now I uh, only have a radio, a CD player, and a cassette. I shouldn't say only. That's very great for musical options. But this was a, a later album, and... Although I'm, I can't definitively say if a mixtape was ever made, but uh, if if it does, I don't have that mixtape. But if any of the listeners can track that down and you know point me that direction, I would love to be able to listen to that in my car. That'd be great to have on rotation. Be great in July. Hey, you know what? Uh, parody is non-seasonal dependent. <laughs> Something that just rolls off the tongue. That's. <laughs> Could be our new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. 
So that was 2014, and then we roll into 2015, getting closer to the de- new debut of the weekend podcast show. Uh, in 2015, for the first time in 37 years, bad handwriting on my part, we had our uh, we had another Triple Crown winner, American Pharaoh, won all three of the big horse races: Kentucky Derby, Belmont Stakes, and the Preakness. Uh, and we also had the first flyby of a satellite by, uh, sent from Earth called New Horizons, uh, and it went by Pluto. Okay. Um, so, again, great investigative work. I do have some questions. Mm. Uh, question one, are those two stories related? Uh, well, I mean, they're related in the sense that they both happened in 2015. Okay, great point. Didn't even think about that. But, you know, on a content level... Do you think there's a correlation between a satellite orbiting Pluto and finally having another Triple Crown winner? Is that mere coincidence? Yeah, I think it was mere coincidence, much like all the rest of those stories that I picked out. Okay. Okay, hey, that's why we ask questions, to learn. So here's my second question. Okay, so we've gone through most of the segment, and you have noticed that I've made you pick one story per year. Why did you still choose to say both stories at this point? Because <laughs> I did the research, Marco. I have two stories for every year written down on the piece of paper. I didn't know you were going to be the rules master here and make me only read one story. I figured at some point you'd be adaptable on the podcast and I was going to be allowed to read all of this fine work I've done for the podcast. Hey, you know, I appreciate hard work, but some of the, some of the best thing is that that work the audience never gets to know but they assume and it's there in the quality but they never truly know all the work i mean hey i read a lot of stuff on facebook a lot of stuff on facebook but i'm not saying everything that i saw or read i had to grill it down and i did so you know what kudos pat on the back for pj the great you know archivist but 2015 what's the top story 2015 uh you know first off you're, you're patting me on the back but that feels like a really sarcastic pat on the back if i gotta pick one story i'm gonna pick american pharaoh I'm gonna go with the sports story all right not to mention the implications of a, a pharaoh you know taking control in america the first time it's ever happened <laughs> that's true it hasn't happened since yeah yeah i think you made the right choice so thank you for that then in 2016 this story crosses the boundaries of both sports and entertainment it was it 2016 marked the 20th anniversary of the film debut space jam and the real story is that Space Jam, the screenplay was read as part of the Toronto Film Festival. It was a live reading, so it didn't impact many people, you know, globally at the time. But I think, you know, in future, we'll look upon that day as, wow, they read Space Jam. Wow, indeed. I'm not going to lie. Of all the stories, that might have been my favorite for you, though in a really contrived way, the way that got brought out. Were you a Space Jam guy? When growing up, did was that a movie you liked? I did. My family went to the, to the premiere, and it was a very big deal. 
Um, it was a very, uh, you know, competitive game between, you know, human team and then alien team and, you know, cartoon people in the human world. Uh, Bill Murray making an appearance. It, it yeah. was good. It was very good. That was a much more serious take on that movie than I expected. I do remember being a kid and being uh, just hooked on that movie. I went and saw it probably three times in theaters. And I do actually, in fact, have a Space Jam basketball jersey from that movie. Which team? The Toon Squad. Okay. Honestly, you know, like, I mean, I say that as a matter of fact, but it honestly would have been awesome to have a jersey from, what was it, the Monstars? Yeah, not the Monsters, the Monstars, which is a nice play on words because they are aliens and they happen to be monsters. So it it checked all the boxes there. (laughs) I noticed you only did one story there, so you don't have to pick one. Yeah, and that's the beauty of what I did. Still feeling a little bitterness there. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that was 2016, and then obviously we hit 2017, which is officially an odd year, which is officially a year I should be doing it, but it's still happening right now. And I think the biggest story, especially on Facebook, has got to be that the Weekend Podcast Show is returning in 2017. I think that was a great job. You picked one story, and, you know, it was your year, but if I had to give my two cents, I would say that's also the biggest story of the year. So way to end on a positive note. I think, you know, putting the team back in team weekend. So great job. Heck, weekend. Yes. Yay. All right. (laughs) That's all the stories, and that's what's new since we've been doing – or since we've been off the air. Um, But you know what? We got an old classic segment we're getting to roll right back out here next. T-minus five seconds to critical mass. What's going on? It's now time for Man Man Muggles Bad Bad Stock Events. Marco Myers is not a trained stock market professional, nor does he have any stock market experience. Marco Myers' stock market views are not necessarily those of WPFH, its staff, or the Bloomfield School District. Marco Myers does not take responsibility for those stock tips that may turn out to be good. For further questions, call 248-341-WPFH. That's right, it's back. Our first traditional segment from the original weekend radio show. It's called Mad Mad Marco's Bad Bad Stock Advice. And this is our chance as listeners to take advantage of some of the great educational wisdom that we have on this show. And I think, you know, we through the years, we found some great advice by talking to Marco and figuring out what we should be investing in that could be the next big thing. So, Marco, for the first episode of the Weekend Podcast Show, what advice do you give to the listeners? Thank you, PJ. Um, I do have advice, but... I am going to, you know, leave it in suspense, make you listen to the whole thing. Um, one, not just for my own selfish benefit, but two, I think it's a good time as any to recap some, you know, general economic principles for old listeners and new listeners alike. So here's a first, you know, principle of economics. The economy is, yes, yes, the economy is cyclical. So... You know, everyone's looking for the next big thing, but you know, that thing comes and goes. What's old is new and new is old again. So, you know, a good example that people use now is Bitcoin. If you invested in 2010, right now your investment would have like been tenfold or even 20-fold worth as much money. So 
hey, it's not Bitcoin. You're too late for Bitcoin. I'm sorry. And if you're hearing that from me, I hate to deliver that news, but it's too late for Bitcoin. Very expensive stuff. So you want to find the next, next big thing. That's the second principle. Not the next thing, the next, next thing. So combining the first principle with the second, you want to know that you know things are coming you know back in style back in flavor you know, from an economic standpoint but it needs to have a twist so related to bitcoin in ancient times salt was actually used as currency did you know that pj uh i, I know what salt is it tastes pretty good it goes on a lot of things uh was that your question close enough Yes, in ancient times, salt was used to preserve food. It was important, you know, kind of spice traded. You know, wars were fought over it. You know, for those uh, principles, it also helped preserve food. Uh, some historians say civilization was built on salt. So, what's old is new again. Invest in salt? No. Salt's been done. It's been done. You want to know what the next big thing is, PJ? The next next big thing. I do. Yes. It's not pepper, but it's flour. Flour, folks. Buy, buy, buy. Flour. F-L-O-U-R. Flour. Like the baking kind. Okay. So, in your mind, flour is going to follow the salt trajectory? Is that kind of the basis here? Absolutely. Kind of like you said with salt, and you get it. You know, you are savvy. People eat it and it tastes yes. good. Flour, same deal. People use it. They bake bread. Every civilization has bread. You know, you break bread to mend fences. Bread breaking is going to be a big deal in the future because we have a lot of fences to mend. And people are going to be hungry because that's a given. Also, there is going to be a global economic collapse and we will use flour as currency. <laughs> this is Yeah, this is my problem here with this uh, potential advice. Not not problem. Sorry, excuse me, harsh word. Great advice, Marco. Question. <laughs> yeah, there are no problems, only questions. People use a lot of flour right now, don't they? Yeah. So, it's going to be tough for those people. You're going to have to think about how much bread you want to bake and how much flour you just want to throw in a safe. <laughs> Another problem. No, excuse me, not problem. Question. Yes. Always open to questions. <laughs> Flour expires, right? Like the nice thing about salt is it's a mineral and you can use it for a very, you know, a decent stretch of time. Flour goes bad, right? Right. So you'll have to invest carefully. How so? How do you, I mean, like to make sure you don't buy expired flour or like make sure you spend it quickly. It's not one of those kind of investments where you're really hoping it uh, grows. You know, I was hoping you weren't going to ask that. But given that question, I think you will have to use that flour and bake a ton of bread and then freeze that bread. And then <laughs> when you need that money, you know how people talk about currency like in liquid form? You know, that means it's money you can spend. Like liquidity is a term. So when you take that flour and break it into bread, it kind of holds that flour in place. But when you need to spend it, you can't buy stuff in bread. You'll have to buy in flour, which means you'll have to unbake that bread and get it back to its flour form. 
I'm not gonna lie, Marco. So having heard this new process of where the future is gonna be, and I believe it, I hear you. I'm thinking maybe the better play is maybe in freezers for that bread or some magical oven that reverses how bread is concocted to make flour again. Hey, you know, I'm always looking for the next, next thing. And my tech people have told me that that reverse bread baking oven is still probably 20 years out. So you're just gonna have to bake a bunch of bread right now. And there are bread futures. So that's the way we kind of make a quick buck here and there to tie you over until we get that unbaking bread oven. So question, uh, and not a problem. So, I mean, to me, bread, flour, you know, we've gotten into the bread conversation, obviously, but we strictly mean flour as a whole. Uh, what about other types of food? Like, uh, what about orange juice? What if I store orange juice? Is that going to be the same deal as flour? Um, that would be a problem to answer your question because orange juice does not have flour. Little known fact, no flour in orange juice. It's flour that has the value. Um, I would sell on orange juice, frankly. Really? Yeah. So no good. What about what about steak or bacon? Bacon's a popular move, you know, food group at the moment. Yeah, no, bacon's still strong right now. I won't sell right away, but again, if, you know, the second principle, the next next thing, bacon's now. Bacon's hot. You know, non-temperature or spice. It's hot from an economic sense, but you know. I think, you know, health trends going the way they are, um, you know, that's going to you know, be waning. People are going to want to get healthier, and that's finally going to take form. However, you know what's popular now? Gluten-free. Gluten-free. So the next, next thing, super gluten. And where are we? Flour. <laughs> I was going to say, I was trying to figure out how flour got uh, roped back in here. Question. Yes. Last, one of the last questions I got here. So, supposedly, that's not all the rest of the foods here. But what about all the flu- foods that involve flour? So, does that mean, like, pizza is going to be really hot? Oh, yeah. Pancakes, croissants, biscuits, donuts, pizza. Bagels. Pie. And that's one of the reasons why flour is going to be the currency. Look at all those things you can make with flour. How many things can you make with orange juice? You can make juice. That's about all I got. Yeah, so your best play with orange juice is making more juice, and that's rough. You know, it's not a very versatile, you know, investment. You want to have right. a diverse portfolio, and flour is that. That's some great advice, Mark. I, I, you know what? You have convinced me flour might be the way to go here. Now I got a question uh, to kind of, you know, make sure listeners kind of have the full perspective here. So, one of my last times we did this, uh, this segment. Uh, Mad Mad Marco's Bad Bad Stock Advice, I remember you recommending that people invest in sombreros. So how is sombreros done? How do you think it'll compare to your advice right now of flour? Sombreros, they did well. I still think it's a pretty versatile hat. You know, as uh, the earth keeps getting hotter, we will get more exposure to sun, and that wide brim is helpful. for that not to mention for you know a nice occasion sombrero is a very good touch to add some flair um, so it's it's a different kind of investment like i'm not seeing and you know again i can't see the complete picture but in my you know 
tracking, it looks like flour will be currency. What you will do with that, you know, flour once you've invested and are flush with flour cash is probably go out and buy more sombreros. So I'm just trying to <laughs> keep it going, you know, in a way. The the base, you know, thing is flour as a currency. That's the biggest news I can give you. And then in future episodes, we can tell you how to invest that flour. I cannot wait to find out more. And I guess we'll have to wait till the next episode of the weekend to find out more from Mad Mad Marco about some of his bad, bad stock advice. All right. We got another segment coming up right now. And this one's called Sports. Football. Baseball. Basketball. Volleyball. Tennis. Ball. Badman Shulcock. Sports! That's right, folks. We are back and we are here to talk about sports. Uh, PJ is an avid sports fan. He's very much, you know, a player, a participant, an announcer, and a commentator. And in this role, PJ is going to talk us through the world of sports through his lens. PJ, what do you have for us this episode? Marco, right now we're recording this in July, and hopefully the podcast will be published in July. But this is actually one of my absolute favorite seasons for sports. We're in the middle of the summer, and a lot of people often think of this as kind of the worst sports season because football's not happening yet. we got a month or two till that starts. Basketball and hockey have just ended. But to me, it's a fantastic time of year. You have baseball happening. The Tour de France has just kicked off. Wimbledon has just served its first uh, <laughs> serve. But all those sports are great. But I think we need to talk about a different sport today because this is our only chance to talk about this sport for the next four years, and this would be a missed opportunity on this podcast. Marco, I think we should talk today about what just happened in the America's Cup. All right, great. Let's start off by telling me what the America's Cup is. You're saying you did not watch. Is it something I can watch? You could have. Yes, it is a very famous sailboat race. Uh, competes for one of the oldest trophies in sports. Um, and it's actually kind of a quirky event. It's uh, You have two sailboats competing. Um, best of... In a, two, two sailboats competing. And it's, it's interesting because the rules and the format change every generation of the contest. Okay, so what is the 2017 rules and course? So this was interesting. Uh, it actually happened in Bermuda, and this was a quirky setup because the boat that won the last America's Cup won for the second time. They beat what they call the Challenger boat, but Team USA was the defending champs. And when you're the defending champs, you get to make the rules and pick the venue. And it was kind of an interesting choice by the Team USA because they chose not to host it in the USA, and that was the first time an American boat chose to not host in the United States. They hosted it at Bermuda, built a whole new harbor for it to try and host this event. And some of the rules around this one, uh, first off, it was a best of 12. Um, you can choose what you want the best of, the number of races to be. And also, in the last two races, they've attempted a new format for this type of event. They basically tried to turn it into the Formula One of sailboat racing, where it was super extremely fast boats basically floating on the water instead of just sailing on the water. 
um, across a, a course. And basically, these, these boats are, were going almost 50 miles an hour on the water at points. Okay, so quick recap for those listening. We're in our sports segment mm-hmm. in July, and you're not talking about baseball. We're talking about sailing. Yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about baseball, but I think the viewers really, most likely, you know, I, I mean, we haven't met any of our our listeners yet, but I would imagine they're all pretty big sailboat fans. Okay, so I'm more of the exception of not knowing anything about this. I thought we agreed, Mark, to talk about the America's Cup. You saying you did not watch it? Well, I agreed to let you talk about it, and I think I held up my end of the bargain quite well. So... You're saying you did not watch the race where Team New Zealand did an epic nose crash trying to qualify for the for the America's Cup. I know so little about this event that if I watched it, I wouldn't know I was watching it. So question, if you had a choice between the Tour de France or the America's Cup on TV, which one would you watch? Um, well, boats are nice. And biking is nice. Maybe the Tour de France, and it's a tough choice because I probably wouldn't be watching either, but I would go with Tour de France just so I can talk with more people and, you know, be more a part of the society versus, you know, sailing in Bermuda. It's not, yeah, it actually is pretty exclusive. It's a very expensive sport to run, and actually that's been one of the big problems with the America's Cup is they've, they're starting to run out of people that can field boats for this competition because it's become so expensive. You basically have these $100 million teams trying to fund a boat to compete on this. I think they had what, a quirk about the America's Cup, Marco, is you actually have what's called a challenger, and because there's just two boats competing, there's all these boats that usually try to compete for that one challenger spot that gets a chance to win the America's Cup back. Uh, so you usually have this whole competition below, and this, I don't know, they call it this time around, it was like the Louis Vuitton Challenger Series. One boat, which was Team New Zealand, qualified and uh, made it to the America's Cup. And I noticed, Mark, you haven't even asked me who won the competition of the America's Cup. Are there winners in this event? Yeah, I mean, a, a team wins the trophy, and then they get to make the rules the next time and pick the venue. Okay. PJ, who won the america's cup funny you should ask uh actually team usa got completely dominated this year uh and they lost to team new zealand another fun fact kind of like the nba finals this was the second time these two boats met in the final america's cup race last time team new zealand was dominating just like this time and they were one win short of winning the whole thing and then team usa went off to rattle like eight wins in a row to take it to the full brink, they went to, I think it was race 19, and uh, they kept they retained the America's Cup, and that's how we ended up in the race we, we, want, we had this time. But this time, Team New Zealand basically dominated right from start to finish. So as a fun fact, you brought up a sport that I didn't know about and introduced me to a fact that America lost on their home soil, which wasn't even their home soil. Yeah. This is going well. Fun times on the weekend. PJ, thank you for the sports edition. Music. 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 
Music. So our final segment of the first podcast on the Weekend Podcast Show is called Music. And Marco, one of the big things about the weekend has always been music. When we were doing this show on the Biff local radio out in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, the show was interspersed with tons of music, and we were big fans of music. We still are big fans of music, and I think it'd be wrong in podcast format, despite all the changes we've made, to not find a way to make a music part of our show still. Oh, I absolutely agree, and we did find a creative workaround because we don't have rights to a lot of songs Mm -hmm. that we want to talk about, but there is a link in the show description for the podcast that links to a Spotify account where we've created the music, so after the show, click that link, and you can listen to a bunch of songs, but you know, in this segment, we want to preview and kind of go through the process of why we picked the song, why we picked the artist, and so forth, so... PJ, you want to kick us off with your first song? Sure. Um, so my first song is called The Man by the Killers. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm a huge fan of the Killers. They're probably one of my top five all-time favorite bands. Uh, I know that's a long list when you start getting to five, but they're still one of those bands. When I'm in the mood, they're one of my most absolute favorite things to listen to, and I'm really excited that they're coming back with new music. This song is the first one, which I believe is going to lead off to a brand new album that's coming out later this year. And uh, what I've heard so far, I absolutely love. Uh, Before this song came out, they had taken a little break. Brandon Flowers went off and did his own thing uh, because the band just needed a little time off. So that makes you a little nervous whether they're ever going to come back together and start making music again. But the great news is the Killers are back. And I love this new song, and it's called The Man. Very cool. Looking forward to that song and the album. What about you, Marco? What's your first song? Yeah. For my first song, uh, this is a song by the artist Run the Jewels, and it's called Hey Kids. And the song also features Danny Brown. Hey, hey, ki- hey kids. So hold no regard for no myth. Hey, I live half my life to give half my cat to these half men in. Hey. They got half a heart to give half this was a, a good pick for me because this features two artists that were at that Boston Calling show that PJ and I were at recently. This is off from the Jewels' third album, RTJ3. They're a great rap duo, uh, Killer Mike and LP. Uh, this is you know more along the same. If you like the first two albums, you'll like this third. And if you haven't listened to them yet, Run the Jewels is a really good rap artist that's on the rise. And it features Danny Brown, which is another great artist who's also at the Boston Calling Festival. So a great pick for me and this. That's a good call. Um, it actually kind of wraps in nicely to my second pick, but I just want to bounce back there. I absolutely loved Run the Jewels that weekend. We saw them out in Boston Calling. They were one of my favorite things I saw out there. Um, and actually, I got a funny question the other day asking about what I think are the top three hip-hop acts out there right now. Um, and this could be a whole tangent discussion that I'm trying to not go down. But I said... Kendrick Lamar, Kanye West, and I forgot, and I, I thought about them before this podcast was getting recorded, but I really wish I had included Run the Jewels after seeing them in Boston Calling, and uh, that's a great choice because I thought they were great. And Danny Brown was solid too. He was a new name for me 
and uh, having those two in one song, that that's going to be awesome. My second choice actually was another performer at Boston Calling. Uh, his name is Kevin Morby, and he performed this song. It was actually the song he led off with for us, and it's called City Music, and it's part of a new album that just came out called City Music. Oh, that's City Music. Oh, that's City Sound. You know, when I heard that song, I, I told Marco I'm a huge fan of Kevin Morby. I'm like, but I've never heard this song. And I always just wonder if I don't know their back catalog well enough. But this, in fact, was a brand new song that hadn't been released yet. And it was the fa- one of my probably the, my favorite song the whole weekend I heard. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. It's called City Music. And uh, definitely check that one out. And that's strong pl- praise because Boston Calling is obviously a music festival. There are bands going on you know, three full days. And Kevin Morby was a new artist to me, just like, you know, Run the Jewels, in a sense, was to PJ and Danny Brown. And that set really blew me away. And PJ, that is one of the earlier artists of the day, you know, had a lower billing, so to speak. But sometimes in those earlier billings, you can really get great music. And Kevin Morby was a great example. Yeah, I, you know, we might have been like one of 300 people around that stage. And when you talk about a festival of 40,000, 50,000, you know, I mean, 300 could be a lot in a small venue, but in there, it just felt like a tiny audience where you got to be up close and personal at that stage. So it was a, a pretty cool moment. So, Marco, what was your uh, second choice? My second choice is another Boston calling artist, and this artist was a late ad. Uh, this is Migos with their song, Pipe It Up. <laughs> pipe it up, pipe it up, pipe it up, pipe it up, Down. pipe it up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. Hey. I stand on the stage and I pipe it up. Hey. Get a regular, regular hype it Go up. Go buy a bando, then I pipe it up. Quavo. It's not a new Migos song, but I picked this song in part because it is my favorite Migos song, and I didn't hear it, but I hopefully they did play it because we came late to that stage. Migos, funnily enough, replaced Solange at the last minute for this festival, and a lot of people went there, got tickets. Solange is a huge act expecting Solange and then got Migos (laughs) I mean a lot of people had Solange as the album of the year last year so yeah I mean she was a big name on that bill and it was quite the change I didn't know this was quite a thing as much as now I've started to read about with music festivals that this happens more often than I guess I knew where artists just kind of drop out I mean especially when you're that big a name I would have thought you would have to be locked in but I guess that's not as much the the case as I thought it was has that ever happened to you other times uh it it has and it it, and though it does happen somewhat regularly that doesn't mean it's not a big deal every time I say it is one it actually happened to me earlier in the year I was at a music festival in Memphis and one of the artists Ludacris was supposed to play Ludacris was unable to drop out and I think this was, you know, a couple of weeks before the concert, so it gave people some time to kind of react, and they replaced Ludacris with Two Chains. Wasn't thrilled with that replacement, but uh, you know, again, it's it's a big stress on the festival promoters to actually find major acts, and I think in both cases, both festivals found a major act in Two Chains and Migos. I think those two could have created their own festival, which would have had a whole different audience. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. 
And that brings me to my third and final choice for at least this episode of the weekend. Uh, my final choice is Sober by Lord. These are the games of the weekend. We pretend that we just don't care. But we care. We dream with a fever. Pretty different. And I wanted to kind of have three different songs to, to pick out here because I listen to a lot of different types of music. To me right now, this is my pop album of the year. We'll see if it ends up being that way. Uh, I, I like to rank music, so I make a full list at the end of the year. Um, and right now, I'm a, uh, you know, this is one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, I'm not sure what will be my favorite, but uh, at least in the pop category, I'm not sure if one will beat this. Uh, Lord, you know, has kind of you know hit the scene big. Uh, I think she can't. She her first album came out when she was 16, and the question was. You know, could what could she do to follow that up? And I think she hit it out of the park here. Her last album just came out a couple of weeks ago, from the the time of this recording. And uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, it's a little more, I think, poppy maybe than the last couple. Um, but I I think it's it's uh, it's still got all the depth that you kind of expect from Lord. That's cool. That's news to me. I actually I remember when Lord came out, she had that big single Royals that you know was yep. really popular. I had not even realized that she released a second album, let alone is about to have a third album. So very cool for you know. Yeah, her first album was called Pure Heroin, and uh, that was a you know very cheerful album. And this next one uh, is called Melodrama, and that just came out June sixteenth. And uh, the song I picked off of that is called Sober. But her big hit is Greenlight, but the the second track right after Greenlight is called Sober. And, it, you know, just like the second album is a great follow-up, that second track really gives you all the confidence that this is going to be a great album. Very cool. Another thing to check out. For my third and final artist, this was, I did kind of a theme of a Boston Calling playlist. My third artist is Francis and the Lights, and the song is May I Have This Dance, and it also features Chance the Rapper, so I get to double dip again. Chance the Rapper also at Boston Calling. That's a great choice. Yeah, this this seems like a PJ choice. I'm actually surprised you didn't pick it. I'm glad I was able to to, to use this song. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I tend to try and pick as new as possible when it when it comes to music. Uh, I think Francis. Well, actually, this is a newer track though. I was gonna say because Francis and the Lights, his album came out last year, but this is a new track with Chance the Rapper on top of it. Um, and that was pretty cool actually because the week it released was the week we went to Boston Calling. So. That was a big deal because uh, Chance the Rapper invited Francis and the Lights on stage. He was performing his, uh, Francis and the Light had his own set. That song didn't get played. We were there for that. But during Chance's set, France invited, or, uh, Chance invited him out. And uh, that was awesome. I, I thought Francis and the Lights was fantastic that weekend. Yeah, strangely, you know, going to that weekend, I would have guessed that I would have preferred Chance's set over Francis's set. But honestly, after it's all said and done, I really like Francis and the Lights set. Uh, Francis delivered. It sounded like, you know, what you hear in the recording, he's kind of known for his unusual dancing. And he he did that. He danced all around through the crowd and then really close to PJ and I at one point, which was <laughs> yeah. surprising and, you know, different. Uh, but, yeah, no, great set. And, uh, you know, Chance did his own thing, too. We we didn't stay for the whole set. It was, you know, at the end of a long day, the first full day. Um, but – 
very cool for Chance to invite Francis and the lights on the stage that, you know, sometimes you go to a music festival, you see, you know, collaborations and feature artists sharing the bill, you know, but that doesn't mean they get to actually perform the song together live. So that was, you know, good on Chance for bringing Francis back out and uh, performing that one live. That was very cool. Yeah, I, I think we kept talking going into that because we were hoping for that to happen. That more often than not, it just doesn't seem to happen. So that was pretty cool to actually see it happen. Um, I don't know. I mean, Francis and the Lights, you know, when you hear his recordings, for me, he reminds me so much of Phil Collins. Like with that voice, it has that nasal sound that to me just says Phil Collins. But the dance moves and the beds against it, it just it takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, Francis and the Lights, for those who haven't seen, uh, you know, his music videos you know, are available online, but it's pretty much just like an unabashed wedding guest, wedding guest just cutting loose on the dance floor, just without regard, yeah. you know, no self-awareness. It's just, you know, it's something you don't see a lot, and that was that was quite the show. It is. I mean, and he's literally just a one-man band. He was out there with his keyboard, so the guy needed some dance moves or else it was going to just feel, like, really stale, but... Yeah, I mean, he lit up the stage more than even five people could have, I thought. Yeah. But great choice, Marco. That's six different choices. We'll have those all in our playlist, maybe along with some other music. You never know. But hopefully with every episode, we'll be making a different playlist uh, for the weekend on Spotify. We'll link it in the description uh, for this podcast. So go and check that out. Also on our new Twitter account, well, I'm sure we'll put a link in that one too. Uh, and that one is at weekend underscore team. Yeah, check it out if you're on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, you should probably get on Twitter because that's going to be a lot of content coming through there. I'll also put a link to that Twitter account uh, in this podcast. But Marco, that is basically the end of music. And you know what? That is, I think, the end of our first episode of the weekend podcast. Yeah, we did it. We're back. It's official. Tell your friends podcast town yes and i you know we got away got you know did this work with minimal bickering i thought that was positive for us um i think overall the hope is we're going to shoot for i think what once a month to put one of these out there uh for everybody so um you know let us know how this goes we're open to all feedback um reach out to us on twitter or on facebook or whatever means you have to contact us um we're we're happy for advice and we will definitely you know it's hard these days to take calls and requests live like we used to but i think we're going to try and evolve as we go along here and we'd love some love any requests you guys have at this point absolutely we're still in for the fans so it's a different format but you know the same kind of quality and message so still team weekend still pj and marco now just a little less frequently and on a podcast <laughs> That's right. And so the two ways you can reach us right now uh, um, in general, you can reach us on Twitter at weekend underscore team, or we also have an email address, teamweekendpodcast at gmail.com. So, Marco, any final thoughts before we wrap up this first podcast? Well, I think, you know, one of the benefits of doing this show now is that I'm not actually physically near you, and I think that may (laughs) reduce in the amount of bickering, so... This, uh, you know, what some would see as a negative has actually turned to quite the positive. And uh, it's just, frankly, it's, it's good to be back. So it's a lot of fun and looking forward to make more of these. You know, that started out really dark and all of a sudden kind of got positive at the end. I'm not sure which half of that coin to take. It's one coin. You got to take it all. You got to take it all. You're right. You see, you gave me two choices there, much like my, uh, 
my news segments, but um, I will take the good one. It's been fun, Marco. Um, and I, I think we got a lot more in store. We'll, we'll certainly bring back some more of our traditional segments, and we've got plenty of new ones that will be still coming out. Uh, so be sure to listen, and until then, have fun. We'll, we'll catch you next time. Later, gang. Next time on the show, Mad Mad Marco shares some more popular stock advice. That is the absolute worst advice I have ever heard, Marco. Whose advice is it? Mad Mad Marco's bad, bad stock advice. It's not Mad Mad PJ's worst, worst stock advice. It's Marco's stock advice that's bad but really good. And the team takes you into the future with so, what's new? So Marco, that brings me to the year 2025. Analysts project cell phones will be implanted in our hands, and also Amazon will have purchased Mars. Okay, really cool stories, but there are two, and we've done this for 19 years, even going into the future, which I still don't really know how we were able to do this, but you know that aside, you have to pick one story, PJ. That's just pick one story. You know, Marco, even in the future, you're a big pain in the... Team Weekend will be back. Better than ever. Peace out, podcast listeners.